This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by The Old Gods and The New. Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Uh, today we are discussing chapter 47, Eddard 13 of A Game of Thrones. And in Fire and Blood, we will be discussing a time of testing. Yeah. Everyone needs it, you know? A time yeah. of testing. <laughs> yeah, testing, testing time. Yeah, get ready, guys. We got a couple quizzes yeah. for you. All right. We did so, a quiz of a quiz of ice and fire. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, this is exciting. We're we have been at we have been hard at work, my friend. You Ooh, know? man, these past two weeks have been crazy behind the scenes here for Sir Ezra and I. It's been great, um, though. It's been it's been great. There are so many new listeners, so many new people into the Facebook group and following us on social media and contacting us, and we are doing our best to. Uh, catch up and try to make sure we welcome everybody uh in a in a timely timely manner so yeah. um, yep. for those of you who were working on stuff for we'll we'll get we're still working on that um i, I know some people um send me some ravens and i've responded yeah. and kind of been going back and forth with them so i just wanted to let those people know it's great man there are so many new people into the realm here right now so yeah it's it's, it's been great it's uh i think you know as we prep for the show we've tr- we've tried to update some things so we have some channel updates we want to talk about um mm-hmm. you know so we'll get in that in here in just a second but first of all my friend how you doing how you been man i'm good uh i just started uh well i started my new job last week uh, yeah. we recorded so yeah so uh things are going great there uh you know now that i'm working only eight hours a day as opposed to like 12 hours a day yeah uh so that's good uh and i have more time to do things which is yeah, just nice. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is this is cool. I can I can do things, dude. And now I'm back to now I'm back to a Monday through Friday, and so it makes it a lot easier to work with Sir Ezra. Yeah. Um. So so now we have Saturdays and Sundays. We're recording on a Saturday right now, so that's yeah. nice. So we just have that extra time to record and work on the channel and uh, yeah, do things. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it dude, it really has been great. I mean, even uh, I was kind of I am still kind of under the weather. So like last night, I was supposed to work with uh, Sir Matt, but. You know, I just I took some uh, milk of the poppy and I just, you know, just just chilled out. So yeah, I just passed out. Yeah. The whole night. But yeah, we, we've been doing a lot of work and it's been uh, it's been exciting. It's nice that we have sometimes like the weekends, you know, Saturday and a little and more Sunday. flexible. Yeah. 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 A little so. yeah, a little more flexible to get, get stuff done. So that is really great. Um, wow. Let's talk about a lot of the channel updates. There's things people have, have brought to our attention and, and stuff like that. And so we have been. um Working really hard these past two weeks uh, to get a lot of that stuff up and, and going because people have kind of asked for them and things like that. So um, where do we even begin? Sir? Well, I, I, I would say the, the first thing that we want to do is is uh, this week during the vortex of winter, whatever is happening, we're going to have a huge negative. I don't know. I mean, Sir Matt, over where I'm at, it's going to be like negative 13. OK, so. Uh, winter right. winter so, is here. Um, right. So you probably aren't. You are probably going to get some snow days. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And on <laughs> those snow days, so we just sort of got the um, exclusive Patreon uh, T-shirts in. So my job this week is to package and send those out. So right. 
I am excited to do that. Uh, So that is still, you know, coming. That has not changed. I want to make sure that was uh, clear because we did just post in the Facebook group. Yes, uh, we did. A a cool little update, which, you know. Yeah. So um, we have been asked by a lot of people who uh, joined now and they said, um, wow, you know, I I look back and I saw those those T-shirts you guys did for the first run. Um, is there any way we can still get one of those or, mm-hmm. you know, do you guys have T-shirts, stuff like that? So yeah. um, we posted a link on our Facebook page and our Facebook group. Um, Sirs and I have have had these sigils and, and you know, we we had kind of posted the dragon one yeah. um, that we were going to think we were going to do for the Patreon thing um, originally. But then people voted and they wanted the wolf. And so we said, well, I don't know, let's just post them and, and so we, yeah. we can do that and so there you can you can go to a store it's an online store you can buy them uh it's like it's a it's called t public i think is the thing there's a link on both of that we could put a link in the show yeah. episode as well yeah um so they're kind of cool you can it's like it gives us options to do like whatever you want you can we just upload the artwork and then you can kind of buy whatever you want if you want to bend the knee mug or a, or i don't know a bend the knee like cell phone case or yeah. whatever it's kind of cool. And so then we don't actually have to like ship that out ourselves. And so it's, it's really nice. kind of nice on our end. Uh, so if you guys want that stuff, it's it's there. You can you can do that. Um, but what that means is I know some people are going to look and they're going to say, well, man, that looks like the Patreon shirt that I got originally. I thought these were kind of exclusive. They are. Yeah. So um, the Patreon exclusive stuff that you get for being in that $10 tier and above um You'll see that the 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 Lannister shirt we we are doing the run on is a different it's a different shirt it's a yep. different it's totally a similar different. logo uh, yeah similar logo but it's it's different it's it's kind of cooler uh, it's kind of what we call like the premier thing higher quality um, and yeah. The, yeah higher it's a higher quality shirt um, stuff like that so um, and then also this summer when we do our next kind of wave of stuff we have something coming that I think actually is going to be super cool Sreshra and I yeah. are super super pumped about it uh, we've been working on it for a while as well and uh, yeah so that's the thing is you guys you guys still in that $10 tier you obvious, obviously you're getting the extra episodes and all that stuff for being in that mm-hmm. Patreon tier yeah. but you are also getting you are still t- get, getting exclusive exclusive stuff but so the so the store is just hey if People have requested it, and so we said, okay, here you go. Yeah, exactly. And what's kind of neat is uh, we work with an an artist who basically kind of has the same theme throughout all of, you know, that artwork. And so it's been great. We're we're kind of, you know, getting that fired up again. We've got some really cool ideas for the store, and we've even, it's caused us to think of cool ideas uh, going forward for the gift packages, Mm -hmm. you know, every six months. So That we do, uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Those will be exclusive, and and, uh, I'm excited. It's actually pretty, pretty cool, so. Thought we kind of served yeah. both both ends. You know, if you don't want to sign up for on, on Patreon, but you just want to grab a shirt, support the podcast. That's an easy way to do it. And uh, yeah, we and truly appreciate and, it. Oh, and sp- and speaking of that, uh, we've also had some people. Um, I'm trying to remember who I, th- I want to say Lord James Hunter, who is actually a Patreon, but a uh, patron. Um, but some people have said uh, have like have sent us ravens and said, hey, like I I really want to support the show, but I don't want. I just don't want to do like a monthly subscription on on Patreon. Yeah. And so we kind of looked into how that works. And I guess it's like PayPal donations. So if that's something you are interested in, that's set up, too. So we just we just set that up today. So um, I know some people had uh, had 
we had I, I think two or three. Um, I, I know I know one person specifically, but I know we've had two or three people say that say that kind of thing where it's like I just don't really want to do that kind of monthly Patreon subscription thing. But so you have that option as well. Yeah. And um, also going back to Patreon, uh, Sir Ezra, uh, I believe there's kind of a new a new kind of thing added. There's a new kind of patron yeah. co- content. So. Yeah, we're actually kind of re- revamping that a little bit and getting some more some more stuff up there because with podcasting, you know, we have this under this uh, reread that is sort of your our um, what do you call it? Like the undercurrent, you know? It's, I, it's just, I like to I like to think of it as like it's a it's the foundation of the house. All right, yeah. That works if you're too. if you're building a house, you know, you can't you can't build a house without the foundation. Right. right? So, you gotta <laughs> you gotta lay you gotta lay the foundation before you can start thinking about you know what color the drapes are gonna be or right. You know, yeah, you know what color the doors? You know how many doors? Right. What kind of windows? Do I want skylights? Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. does the does the carpet is the carpet going to match the drapes? You know I don't know. You know right. okay like yeah right and so that foundation work is tedious and some folks like to just jump in like you know pick out the color of the walls and all that kind of crap. So right. that is what Patreon is for, uh, where we're posting sort of some of our Green Dream episodes. We just did episode one. Um, it was something that yes. you know, Sir Matt had been working on, so I'm going to kind of keep that secret. Uh, you guys can go check that out there at that tier, and that is $5 and above. And then uh, I have one that we're, we're going to come out with, uh, I think, next month. I've, I have several, actually. I have probably like five right. that I'm kind of working on. This It's too much. And since it's too much, I actually created another little miniature podcast that uh, Sir Matt and I <laughs> do, uh, which is uh, it's just musings. So these musings, you know, these... these uh, kind of a period of reflection or thought right. with uh, Sir Ezra and Sir Matt, where we basically tell you what we're thinking about. We give you several different options, several different topics to to dwell on, and uh, we ask some of our, you know, our, our bannermen and our sworn swords to go look into uh, some of our musings and, and see if they can bring some textual evidence to help us out or, or help, you know, guide us. Uh, we're developing a show, so we take a topic. We're we're developing um, right. a podcast on a certain topic, but we're telling those folks ahead of time what some of those things will be, and then they can kind of help us and uh, direct that. So when you leave comments on that particular thread, first of all, it's it's only open to a certain number of people, and then from there, I will when, when we do when we record that episode, whether it's on Patreon or it goes on the main feed, because we will have Green Dreams on the main feed, uh, just like the Lothian Shield that we had before. Uh, I think maybe the Quaith one coming up soon might be something kind of cool that uh, Sir Matt and I want to do for you guys. Uh, but we will reference your guys' comments there on that thread. So something, you know, just trying to build up those upper tiers and uh, give you guys more shout-outs, give you more access to the show, more influence, and and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, pr- pretty yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, uh, and speaking of laying the foundation and our podcast being something, something else as we – Sir Ezra and I get uh, sometimes every once in a while. Sir Ezra and I have to, you know, do some of these like, all right, here's a big update on the show. What's going on? Yeah. Kind of, you know, explain everything to everyone. So, you know, it doesn't seem like we're just, you know, pulling strings over here. Yeah. Um, well, we are. But, but you know. <laughs> I, right. But I, I just I just want to I want to I want to give this guy a shout out. He gave us a, a review on iTunes. Yeah. Um, oh Jab her. Jab her. It's like J-A-B-A-H-U-R-E-R. Anyway. He left a super uh, cool uh, comment here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read the whole thing uh, just because okay. I, I want to I want to address it here. Um, he said, um, "Love, uh, awesome, but worried about the pace." 
Uh, love the content, really like the host, and appreciate their efforts. Thank you. But I got to say, I'm a little worried about the slow pace at which they're covering things. It's been a while since I read the book, so I thought listening to these discussions would be a good refresher, and I might pick up some things I missed. In a manner that is uh, quicker than rereading the thousands of pages, I was surprised to learn that they are covering one chapter kind of per hour. You know, we do about hour-ish episodes, sometimes bigger. Um, in other words, probably longer than it would take to actually read the books. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, I can't read the books while driving. Well, there are audio books, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad that you're going deep. But at the pace, it would take roughly seven years of weekly podcasts just to cover the books that they, that are already out. I guess at least that's true to Gurr's style. It's fun to listen to. But honestly, I think it would be better if they covered two to three chapters per week at least. That would be closer to the pace at which uh, people actually read, which might work better for the book club format. For an example uh, of how slow the progress is, I accidentally let it autoplay after the last episode I had downloaded, and uh, it had played the most current episode, and I literally did not notice that I had skipped 40 episodes. Uh, the entire year's worth of podcast, I listened to the entire episode, uh, and only after reading the label did I realize what happened. Uh, then he just kind of goes on anyway, and he actually says some really nice things. He said, um, you know, I don't mean to be a hater, and I really love the discussions and the host. I'm just, uh, I'd have concern with the podcast as I do the the same concerns I had to do with the podcast as I do the book series in, in terms of, it, of how long it's going to take. Um, I hope they don't they don't die of old age before it finishes. Well, I hope Gur doesn't die of old age before it finishes. Yeah, no kidding. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I mean, Sir Ezra and I knew when we when we started this, we're like, hey, this is you know this is, this is going to take like a couple years to do, right? Strap so, in. Yeah, so get ready. Yeah, yeah, so. But yeah, I mean that's and that's why and I think a lot of people um you know and it sounds like this guy just skipped 40 episodes. So if you're skipping 40 episodes, you're not skipping four, he he did he would not have skipped 40 weeks worth of content. He would have skipped 20 weeks worth of content. So he skipped 20 chapters mm -hmm. and you know there were all of the follow-up Friday things, which are theories. So he, you know, may have Missed sure, out yeah. on the fact that we cover stuff from all over the place, including the show and the yeah. you know the books, and we finished a world of ice and fire essentially, you know, in, in that time, and we're yeah. actually well working our way through um, fire and blood. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Maybe at some point, if we decide uh, we want to do more than one chapter a week, I don't know that 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 is something that yeah, I could mean, happen, and that could could happen in year two or three. Uh, you know, I I I'm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. Uh, I would. I wouldn't be opposed to it. But I. I don't. To me, I'm. I, I'm. I'm fine with the format we have now. But uh, if that were an overwhelming concern, that's fine. But um, I think you know we we cover. I mean, as all of our listeners know, we you know we we don't we don't just cover the the chapter. We cover the theories and the mm -hmm. all, all the other stuff as well. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a really it is good feedback, and we've always asked for that type of feedback. So uh, we really do appreciate it and uh it, it did you know cause me to think just a little bit we sir matt and i talked before the show it's like uh coming up to gosh um season eight right we're going to do two episodes a week which will be just continue with the reread uh but then at the same time do the reaction winds of winter will drop soon after that hopefully and we'll do two episodes again you know we'll be we'll be back to right. that and we're going to be doing raven's nest in between there so we could right. be doing, you know, one week you might get three episodes. You know, you might get a Ravens awesome. on Friday, yeah. two at the beginning of the week, too. So uh, just know that that's where, where, where we're heading and we're just kind of get that foundation laid. And, and that's sort of the way it is. But we're always open to make changes. And we're, we're coming up on a year, you know, uh, really running this, you know, uh, the way that we have yep. been. And so we're looking to make some changes, iron out some of the uh, wrinkles and, and uh, just have a good time, you know. So. Absolutely. 
Yeah, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Have fun. And we hope all of you have fun along with us. So. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, Sir Ezra, should we head on over to the Maester's study? Unless there's any more news we kind of need to cover? Nope. I think we're good. I, I think, yeah, we need to hit, we need to head into that Maester's study. Uh, we want everybody to jump into the group and, and be, you know, welcomed there and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, thanks for listening to our update. You know, just wanted to kind of clear all that up with you guys and uh, like to be transparent. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, kind of like Jaharis. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's pretty mm-hmm. he's transparent he's guy. Pretty, he's a pretty straightforward guy. Yeah, so yeah. So last week in what I think was probably the worst episode of Ben the Knee we've ever had. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. We, it, we just kind of hit, hit two really kind of, especially that fire and blood chapter last week was like really kind of dry. And it was like, well, yeah, man. You yeah, know, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we probably could have like, spent you know, extra five minutes like, describing how dry yeah. it was. Yeah, like you know, but, like you know, sometimes when you're uh, so this is this isn't dry, but do you know sometimes when you like take a bite of something that's like and you like you not you bit off more than you chew because it's just as much as you could chew, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, you really? Oh yeah. <laughs> that's how that chapter kind of felt to me. Like, wow, man, it's gonna take a bit <laughs> to kind of work this down. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, it, this week is uh, we are in two great chapters. So yeah. um, and the Daenerys chapter was fine too. It's just kind of. It was kind of short and straightforward. Uh, yep. But anyway, so this week in Fire and Blood, we are in a time of testing the realm remade. And that is pretty much what happens. Um, uh, it starts off King Jaehaerys, the first Targaryen, returns to King Landing alone on the wings of his dragon, uh, Vermithor. Five knights of his Kingsguard had come before him, arriving three days earlier to uh, ascertain that all was in readiness for the king's arrival. Queen Allison did not accompany him. Uh, given the uncertainty that surrounded their marriage and the fraught nature of the king's relationship with his mother, Queen Alyssa, and the lords of the council, it was thought prudent that she remain on Dragonstone for a time with her wise women and the rest of the king's guard. Yeah. The day was not an auspicious one. I just want to, I'm going to end there. But uh, yeah, because it's, it's yeah. not. It's, it's basically uh, spring cleaning uh, it- is, is, is what's about to happen. It is, and 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 he left his. Well, I almost said something really bad. Never mind. Uh, whoa! Yeah, so, whoa! <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it, it is spring cleaning. It's time to sort of you know uh, clean up the council and and uh, you know get things going. I mean, he's he's kind of of age, right? And and he's come back to uh, claim you know King's Landing here. So uh, I'm gonna skip down here just a little bit, my friend. He says uh, says the the young king, uh, a boy no longer, soon dispelled Grand uh, Maester's fears. He slid gracefully from uh, Vermithor's back. He smiled. It was as it, I was. It was as if the sun had broken through the clouds. You know mm-hmm. his smile, right? Him showing up here. So <laughs> uh, that was reported by Lord Tully. Uh, the lords yeah. bowed before him. Several going to their knees. Across the city, bells began to ring. He's actually like circling on uh, his dragon like three times, really showing off, showing the people, you know, uh, that the king is back, you know. Yeah. Ready to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so and so most of this chapter is him um, kind of dismissing just about everyone from their office and kind of replacing them with with someone new, much as we saw with the Kingsguard. Right. A couple, uh, you know, a couple chapters mm -hmm. ago when he was creating his Kingsguard, he's like, no, I want. He's like, I'm not promoting people based upon, you know, just, you know, who's who, you know, whose father is they, you know, they are. I want the best. I want the best people. I want battle tested, you know, people who are worthy of 
the office and that's kind of what he does here too is he's he's you know he's like i want uh the the one that comes to mind to me is is the master of coin right yeah um yeah anyway uh the young king began by the uh his his uh his realm by remaking his council keeping some men and replacing others who had proved uh unequal to their tasks um is that before or after he oh no 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 oh that's before so that's after he has his con- he has a quick little kind of conversation mm-hmm. with his mom. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he does. He actually go. You're right. Uh, that's like that's, that's the first thing he does. Yeah, I forgot about that actually. So he the, the dowager queen, right? He uh, a regent no more. Queen Alyssa um, yeah. was was she was present for the welcoming feast that evening. So uh, he goes up, and we don't know what conversation was had there. Remember, she had to send Rogar Baratheon uh, on his way, dismissed him as hand because he was. He was basically plotting some treasonous act action uh, right. against Jaharis, and so she is just distraught, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And he goes up, and when she comes back down, she's got this puffy face. So she had been crying, and uh, really, Rogar Baratheon broke her. I mean, she's just—it was—I don't know—it's just demoralizing. This is her husband, you know, and she kind of finally sees that he's—he's uh, he's lost it essentially, and he gets redeemed later. We'll, we'll talk about him some, but. But yeah, you're right. So then he goes on to um, approve and so some of his mother's appointments. So Lord Damon Valerian uh, as Hand of the King, uh, which was which was pretty neat. Uh, Lord Corbray as the commander of the City Watch. Lord Tully was thanked for his service, so he was someone who was brought in uh, there kind of to replace Rogar. And uh, but he sends him on his way uh, to replace him as oh gosh, let's see who else does he have on here. We we really need to get to the guy who's the, who is the master of of uh, oh yeah 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 uh, yeah all of Edwell. King's Landing all of King's Landing rejoiced when it was announced that Jaharis had also dismissed uh, Edwell Celtigar as master of coin right you know, like the king so the king uh, spoke to him gently it was said and even praised the leal service of his daughters uh, to Queen uh, Allison on Dragonstone going so far as to name two them two treasures. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's it's kind of interesting right here. It says finding a suitable man to take Lord Edwell's place as Master Coin proved uh, to be no easy task, and uh, um, he yeah. ends up going with this guy Rago Draws, right? right? Who's was just a merchant trader, and you know, and and it kind of risen from nothing to become the richest man in, in Pentos. In a way, it kind of reminds me of Littlefinger a little bit because Littlefinger, same thing, uh, starts kind mm-hmm. of from nothing, rises to prominence, and becomes Master of Coin under you know Robert Baratheon. Yeah, it even reminded me actually a little bit of, of Varys too. You know, seeking somebody yeah. out in Essos. You know, who had been. It's like, wait, what? Why are we not turning to one of our own? You know, here in this uh, kingdom. Why, why are we going outside? And actually, so Keltigar was like the taxes that he he tried. He did try. I mean, he was trying to like the crown was in debt. You know, I mean, there when he shows up here, part of the spring cleaning is that like uh, Jaehaerys has got to turn things around. They don't have any income really. Uh, going for them they owe money you know to the iron bank and stuff and so uh, Keltigar was trying to tax the different lords and, and the people coming in and out of king's landing uh but uh yeah it was, it was they, were, they were terrible taxes and, and nobody could could stand it that's why they rejoiced so much and then this rago draws is, is uh he's pretty good at it he has he has some really good ideas uh to sort of help him you know uh win back oh just some of the support from the lords and then also uh, it's it's sort of like threading a needle here. He's kind of he's got to tax the lords, but only on the things that are precious to them, you know. Um, so it's a different type of tax. He's also called the Lord of Air, which I thought was kind of cool because he has basically 
no, no, he was given the title of Lord, um, but he has no lands. They, he didn't grant him anything, you know, uh, it, no keep or castle. He just lives in King's Landing, you know, down right. off of the uh, Street of Silk, I think, or something like the Ro- Road of Silk or something. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, but he's an interesting character, and it's an interesting, it shows sort of that Jaehaerys is willing to uh, do what's best for the realm. And if it's if it's finding right. a guy like this in Essos, then, all right. And he's wealthy, too. He's also super rich. Yeah. So. Uh, then he kind of, uh, d- he, he sends off a Septon Matthias, uh, yep. the fat and furious, uh, you know, uh, prelate who had... Uh, Fumulated so loudly against uh, incestuous unions and the king's marriage, uh, Matthias did not take his dismissal well. The fake will look, uh, you know, uh, ac- askance at any king who thinks to rule without a septon by his side. And Jaharis already has said, "We shall have no lack of septons, you know, yep. uh, but just we just don't need you." Right? You know? <laughs> it's like is kind of like what he says. Yeah. It's it's really cool because uh, this is the guy right who's been just talking trash about the Targaryens. Absolutely, and, yeah, absolutely, and, yeah. Uh, so it's going to come up here later. This this new sort of rule or law of exceptionalism that the Targaryens have, and um, Septon Barth is actually the guy who replaces him, and he's on his way, you know, already mm-hmm. from 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 uh, Old Town, and he passes um, the the septon right uh he's in his gilded wheelhouse attended by six guardsmen dozens of servants right and uh what's his name is on like a donkey you know septon barth is just probably didn't even you know uh wouldn't have recognized him he's just a real humble type of guy you know and uh Mm -hmm. not well known you know he's not someone who is super well known at the time but uh he definitely will be so septon barth is a big yeah Uh, so I, I really like this passage, too. Um, it's just it's just after that one. Excuse me. Um, the young king's changes went well beyond the nobles who set upon his council. He made a clean sweep of dozens of lesser offices as well, replacing the keeper of keys, the chief steward of the Red Keep and all his under stewards, the harbor master of King's Landing. Um, and then other places as well. The warden of the king's mint, the king's justice, master at arms, kennel master. He further commanded that the dungeons beneath the Red Keep be cleaned and emptied out and that all the prisoners found in the black cells be brought up into the sun, bathed and allowed to make appeal. Mm -hmm. Some, he feared, might be well innocent men imprisoned by his uncle. And this Jaehaerys proved sadly correct, though many of those captives had gone quite mad during their years in darkness and could not be released. Yeah, that's unfortunate. that, that That was Megor, you know, just imprisoning people. Yeah, Omega or the cruel just imprisoning people, and so Jaharis tries to do the right thing, but these guys are already so far gone because they're just they just they're just living in in, in you know in mm-hmm. the red keep that the black cells for for who who knows how long. Yeah, dri- it's dr- you know driven them mad, and and they're not fit for maybe society. Yeah, is is what I was right. thinking. Because so. remember when it's uh it's when Varys is leading Tyrion out, right? Like they go down to the black cells, and it's like Var- like they don't even have torches, right, down there. Yeah. And they're like right. walking, and Varys is like walking Tyrion out, and I, um, you know, yeah, and just Varys, just knows, Varys just knows the path, and it's just pitch black, like you right. can't see anything. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so, actually so crazy. There's people, there's people down there. I don't know how they get them food or like whatever. Maybe the guys use torches and bring them over. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then once they leave, you know, it's a, yeah, then they're, then they're just kind of left there. So, um, right, okay, so yeah, he's even replacing the rat catchers and all that good stuff. So now, uh, he. One of the biggest things that he faces, so he's, he's cleaned house, right? And, and after a time, right. 
he has to deal with Rogar Baratheon. This is the guy who showed up on Dragonstone, and with all of his men, he tried to, you know, he didn't want the uh, union of uh, Jaehaerys and Alysanne uh, to happen, to take place. And really, I have to say, I think, and you find out later, is that everything that he he does, he, he does believe he's trying to do for the realm, right? He's actually, he they were so worried about the faith militant uh, that they would rise up against Jaehaerys and that there'd be all sorts of issues with the faith. So they don't want a repeat of that because his father, um, you know, Jaehaerys' father uh, dealt with that. And that was the big right. mistake that Aenys, right. you know, had, had made. And so they're trying to avoid that. Uh, but he was just in love with Alysanne. It's a great, you know, love story that Alysanne had. Alysanne is, is actually great. She is the, the good queen. Alysanne is just fantastic. The more I've read about her, it's just such a cool story. Um, but uh, excuse me. This cold is killing me. Rogar. It happens. Yeah, this this uh, this chill, man. Uh, Rogar is is summoned back, and before he goes, he's kind of talking to his brothers there about what he should do, and they said just you know go go to the wall. You know, if you were to go to the Night's Watch and take your vows there, then basically you're you're beyond the reach of of the king. Essentially, you know, they kind of would take him in, protect him. He he said his vows, and he's no more a part of this you know Game of Thrones. This uh, Seven Kingdoms business. So that's an option uh, that's presented to him but for, by his younger brothers there. But, um, you know, he, he's, 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 he's opposed to that. I think he kind of, he decides to go to, to Jaehaerys and, and mm-hmm. just explain mm-hmm. himself and then um, take the black if, if he chooses then. Uh, if he denies me that, then he's going to have my head. He just kind of believes that he's going to, to kill him. So, um He's he's kind of just defeated, you know, and then after and by the way, before this, there was that attempt, you know, where he had sent one of his younger brothers over to get um, Raina's daughter uh, from. Yeah. Yeah. From the Silent Sisters or from the Septas or whatever. And uh, that that failed. Right. And they're imprisoned in um, over an old town, you know, with with one of the high towers there. So he got himself in a bit of trouble. And that was after he'd already gone back, you know, he'd already been dismissed and he was sent back to, you know, his, uh, to Storm's End by Alyssa, you know, and so, yeah, anyways, he's summoning, he's, he's summoned in here and the king received him seated on the iron throne with his crown upon his head. The Lord, um, of his council were present, Sir Joffrey Doggett and Sir Loras Roxton of the King's Guard stood at the base of the throne in their white cloaks and enameled scale. Elsewise, the throne room was empty. Lord Rogar's footsteps echoed as he made long made the long walk from the door to the throne. And I'm going to read this part just because it is kind of important. And, and, and the way that Jaehaerys deals with Rogar is, is super just telling of, of his whole um, reign and rule here. So uh, Grand Maester Benefer tells us that uh, the Lordship's pride was well known uh, to the king. His grace had no wish to wound him further by forcing him to humble himself before the entire court. So, you know, that's why there's not a lot of folks uh, 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 there. So he says, uh, Rogar says, you know, your grace, I am here as you commanded. Uh, do with me as you will. I ask only that you spare my brothers in House Baratheon. All that I did, I did. And then Jaehaerys finishes for the good of the realm as you saw it. You know, so he already knows what he's going to say. And he is trying to save face here for his house, Sir Matt, you know. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Which I think, you know, in the end, and again, what's really cool, Jaehaerys, 
says, he goes on here, I'll kind of just summarize this, this next bit. He says, I have not forgotten that you took us in, that you um, had my back when we, you know, um, tried to overthrow, you know, um, gosh, I just lost his name, Megor. Um, right, right. So, you know, I mean, that, that's that's super important. He took he, he, t- he takes uh, these Targaryens in, and he could have been killed for that. I mean, he could have been, if enough time had gone by, I think he actually is ordered to give them up, and he doesn't. He does, you know, kind of defy there. So he's like, I haven't forgotten that, you know. So uh, that's pretty neat. Uh, let's see, words are wind, Jaharis went on. Your lordship, my dear friend, spoke of treason, but he committed none. So when he talks about, so uh, Rogar kind of says, you know, I, I've made the, uh, you know, I've committed treason. He's, and he basically says, you've, you've spoke of it, but you haven't actually committed it. And I think that's sort of where Jaharis kind of uh, lets him, you know, go here. And I, I honestly think, Sir Matt, what do you think? He, his, uh, his mother, when he talked to his mother, do you? I I think maybe some of his decision making here might have been influenced by his by his mom, you know. Yeah. Well, because right, because it just says we don't know what that conversation was. We just know that when you know she came out, she was red faced and her eyes were puffy. Right. Right. And so, I mean, clearly it was not good, you know. Like, and I'm sure a lot of it had to do with Rogar Baratheon and what mm-hmm. you know what his, what you know Jaehaerys's plans were for him. So. Yeah, well, and, and yeah. What, what I was thinking, too, is that she she's kind of sharing her despair and just that, like, you know, I've lost even now, you know, Rogar, you know, and that we weren't right. trying to to hurt you and Alisanne. You know, we were actually trying to protect you. And we, and, you know, he just didn't know any other way to do that uh, than by force to force you into, you know, what he thought was right. a good plan. Right. So I, I feel like that's some of the conversation that, that took place there. But uh, yeah, it's because it could because because it, it didn't it didn't seem it, it, they. When they did it, when it seemed like their even Rogar's plan wasn't like, oh, I want to, I want to do this because, um, you know, like I want to be in control. It was, it was more along the lines of, you know, it's, it is an incestuous marriage. Like you're gonna, uh-huh. you're not gonna have the support of the faith. It was, it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, you'll thank me when you're older. Yeah, you yeah. Know, was right. was like their was their plan about it. So right, because he still intended in a couple years for Jaharis to be, you know, crowned. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't right. like he was going to uh, keep. Right. He's just a regent for for only a couple years, uh, so yeah, just, things just did not go the way that he wanted them to. Now, uh, another cool part here with with all of this is they they bring up his brother and sending you know his brother to remove his uh, niece Rayella from uh, the mother house, and he said that may be true, but he actually gives him an excuse here. He says, you know, perhaps you only wish to have her for a ward, lacking any child of your own. Uh, that's not what he intended. We know that, you know, but like Jaharis is sort of making an excuse here for him. So, uh, you know, he goes on to talk more about the treason, the, the treasonous acts. You know, he says, when the dragon died and my father donned the crown, he was best, uh, he was beset on all sides by would-be kings and rebel lords. The same may befall me, uh, for the same reason, to test my resolve, my will, my strength. My mother believes that godly men throughout the realm will rise against me when my marriage is made known. Mayhap so. To meet these tests, I need good men around me, warriors willing to fight for me, to die for me, and for my queen, if need be. Are you such a man? Wow. You know? It's just not yeah. what you thought was going to happen. It's not, 
you know, there's all this buildup as in like he's going to be mad at Rogar. He's going to be upset. He's going to take his head. Uh, and no, it's just, so he's thunderstruck. It says that he that he's getting this response from the king, and he just says, you know, I am your grace. And then King Jairus says, then I pardon your offenses. There will be certain yeah. conditions, you know, uh, but you're pardoned. I mean, kind of cool, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and so next, it's sort of like some of those conditions. Like you got to take you got to take uh, Alyssa back, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you are her husband. Let's reconcile this and 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 take her back to to Storm's Inn, where you're going to live out as husband and wife, and uh, you know all is going to be well there. And, and they actually do, and I think it goes really well, you know, until some of the childbirth stuff happens later but like it's it's good you know that's a good thing and and i think uh Alyssa was was willing to do that you know they didn't want there to be any shame anymore i think y- you know he might have gotten a little lusty there in there during their separation but then he lives a pretty you know uh committed life to her right. because he's, he's happy to be alive number one and he's still lord at storms in and, and he has you know the dowager queen there with him and and the chance mm-hmm. to make more children you know yeah so, or, you know, children in general. So he just he right. doesn't have any. But, uh, all right, let's see. Um, let's see. Oh, and before we move on from that a little bit, the last thing they kind of talk about is just, you know, Rogar's uh, brother, you know, who actually did kind of commit. He tried to steal, you know, um, yeah. the king's Orin, niece and stuff like that. Orin, yeah. Orin Baratheon. Yeah. So he gets. Yeah. Yeah. He, get, he gets sent out. He gets enough. And he never comes back to Westeros. He never returns. Nah. Right. Right, he's exiled. He ends up dying. He has a ten-year exile and ends up dying before he can come back. So uh, we can kind of we can kind of breeze past that, I'd say. Um, okay, and let's see. Oh, the health of Queen Alice and pleasure. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, where is the wedding bit here? Let's see, thus was uh, the peace made between the young king and his former hand. Okay, uh, he he, he kind of pledges right to. That Queen um, Alison, when she shows up, that he's going to pledge his love, you know, and loyalty to her because you know she'll be coming, right? And uh, right. so that that's 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 the big wedding that's that's uh, coming up, right? Is that where we're at? I think that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in King's Landing, the long reign of Jaehaerys the First began in earnest. The young king faced a score of problems when he assumed the rule of the Seven Kingdoms, but two loomed larger than the rest. The treasury was empty, and the crown's debt was uh, mounting in his secret marriage, which grew less secret with every passing day, set like a jar of wildfire on a hearth, waiting to explode. Both questions needed to be dealt with quickly. So, you know, Rigo uh, does his thing in, in, in regards to the, the, this, the Lord of Air, right, uh, uh-huh. is trying to secure um, some loans to try to help them resume the work on the Dragon Pit and, you know, all of that. Uh, let's see. Well, I think we get to his taxes later. Uh, that might be coming up here. Or maybe, maybe, no. Oh, no, here it is. Yeah, so, so, um, this is where he starts to talk about the, the type of taxes that they want. So, they, they talk about these, um, the lords and these, you know, different, uh, oh gosh, all the high lords, right, around the kingdom. Right. What is it that they want? You know, they want so desperately that we could tax them for, you know? And it's these silks, it's this, it's uh, certain wines, you know, uh, precious material, spices, and those are the those are the types of taxes that um, uh, the master of coin ends up, you know, coming forward with. 
right. things that they're still going to they're they're they might grudgingly pay them, but they want them so badly that they can't live without them, so they're going to pay that that tax. Um, and he does away with some of the other ones, you know, the uh, Celticar mm-hmm. stuff is gone. Uh, so yeah, I just I like I like I like this thing here um, where his. I just I, I like this passage. It's like the spice and silk, silk taxes were not the uh, the end of it. King Jaharis also brought forth a new law on uh, crenellations. Mm-hmm. Any lord who wished to build a new castle or expand his, and repair his existing seat would need to pay a hefty price for the privilege. Uh, this new tax served a dual purpose, as Grace explained to Grand Maester Benefer. The larger and stronger a castle, the more its lord is tempted to defy me. You would think they might learn from Black Heron, but too many do not know their history. This tax will discourage them from building, whilst those who must build regardless can replenish our treasury while whilst they empty theirs. Mm-hmm. So just yep. just smart, just smart, like a lot of a lot of smart taxes that yeah, that's not even going to really like affect that many people. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's more later, like, a, like they might pop up here, just the different, uh, taxes and stuff that he sets up, but those are the main, right. the main ones, I believe. So, and since we're talking about the crown being in debt, right? So the, the, the king has this wedding, second wedding coming up with, uh, Alisan. and it's essentially, you know, he was married in secret. So we have to have this big splendid wedding in front of everybody. Uh, I want to do a quick plug here just for, uh, history of Westeros did a nice little parallel on, like, the, the weddings, the golden wedding that we had here with Rogar, and then some of the golden wedding that we had back in the main series. So he's doing a nice job of, like, actually, like, making parallels between Fire and Blood characters here and then characters in the main series. And so I thought Sir Matt and I might look at that, you know, for a Patreon-exclusive, you know, situation. I just thought of it as I was look, looking at uh, how Jaharis is preparing differently than uh, the, the big spending that took place for the golden wedding. So... Yeah, uh, it's smaller. You know, it's it just it's more intimate. And uh, Septon Barth is the one who actually ends up uh, pronouncing them man and wife beneath the Iron uh, Throne there. So and it's cool. Right. Rogar and Alyssa are there, you know, which is nice. So everybody's everybody's happy. Uh, Reyna flies in, you know, again, Reyna, the queen in the West. Right. So that's a whole nother. I think that's coming up next chapter where we start to talk and learn more about her and what's going on there. But. Uh, she has a couple demands that we'll get to in this chapter, but she has been doing her own thing, basically, you know, uh, staying too long, stay out. What, what's the, what's the phrase? She's, uh, oh gosh, wearing out her welcome or something, you know, right. that's, that's, right. that's yep. sort of the theme with her. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she comes in on dream, on dream fire and, and she's there to visit her daughter, uh, area. Uh, so all is well. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. So the best part about all this, Sir Matt, is, yes. you know, I mean, this time there's there's one addition to this wedding, which is uh, a betting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we <laughs> I think we were talking about st- starting a petition. I don't know why this isn't more of a <laughs> to uh, bring back to bring back wh- the betting ceremony. What happened to this tradition? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think of my buddy Tom and I'm just like. Why did we not, you know, get the, like, how do we know? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is this marriage how do, how, how do we? Yeah. Is it is it consummated? What's going on? You know what I mean? Did did we, uh, I don't know. Just kind of funny. There's a great picture, by the way, in uh, Fire and Blood of, right. of the betting, <laughs> of the betting ceremony, <laughs> if you're interested, which I am. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
so yeah, that, that that's definitely uh, you know it's cool because that was the whole thing is that you know Rogar was was kind of waiting to see whether or not they would consummate the marriage, and uh, there's the whole plot where you know he sends over the girls in waiting to kind of seduce Jaharis and you know, there's that evil book that's going around and all that craziness. Uh, it sounds like Jaharis did not uh, succumb to any of that, and and he, he and Alisane actually get to consummate their marriage here and there truly in love and it's all super super cool so yeah uh okay all right i think uh is there anything else we want to cover in that or do you want to go ahead and move on to the uh the reread well the only the last thing that i think that you we probably should know about it is just uh because we're going to pick up with queen reina later um just that her demands for her daughter you know that was one of the big things that kind of came out of it uh towards the end of that chapter she demands to have her her daughter back and her daughter has been at King's Landing for a long time, and she doesn't want to go back. You know, she doesn't want to go with her mother, her, her mother to Dragonstone. So the now that he is, Jaehaerys is like king outright, um, he has no children, and Reyna's daughter, Ar, uh, is it Arya? Arya Targaryen? Mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. Is the, she is the heir, actually, for a time being. She is the legitimate heir. And so... Uh, she's in King's Landing for a while and she loves it. You know, she's just surrounded by, she gets all this attention. And then later on, she's asked to kind of, you know, um, you know, go back with her, her mother. So I don't know. That was, that was something there towards the end. And then at the very end, it kind of wraps up with, with, uh, oh gosh. Uh, um, yeah. Alisanne being pregnant. So, right. you know, he's kind of pleased to announce that she is, she's pregnant. So there's a couple other things in there. Uh, too, but just it's it's the whole bit about Dragonstone and and uh, what goes on between Rogar and Queen Alyssa. Um, so for the most part, you know he's cleaned up house and he's he's ready to go. And uh, he he's the the Rogar stuff is is behind him. It's it's only going to be uh, Alisan. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, Alyssa and Rogar and the pregnancies. Basically, what happens next, Sir Matt, is is a whole lot of birthing. You know, I mean yep. that is like it is just baby. Baby after baby, it's just a bunch of craziness, and it's it doesn't always go, you know, as well as we'd like it to. So, all right, I think yep. that's good. I think that, that okay. should do it. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on over to the uh, reread here. Uh, last week we were in uh, Daenerys Five, where Daenerys was eating a stallion heart as part of a Dothraki pregnancy ritual. Afterwards, she had bathed in the womb of the world and gone to a reception feast. Uh, where Viserys, her brother, had soon arrived, and he was drunk and screaming. Uh, he drew his blade and kind of demanded from Khal Drogo what he was owed, and uh, Khal Drogo gave him the crown of molten gold, and then he was yeah. really screaming. Yeah. Uh, yeah so. <laughs> Christmas. Ugh, yeah, Khal Drogo gave him that you know golden shower, and so he was he was he was screaming. Hey, so hey, hey, uh, can I also <laughs> say? Yeah, okay, he did. But, I mean, so a couple things there. Since we've got the petition started, you know, it's like, why aren't more stallion hearts being, you know, consumed at pregnancy ritual things? Is that yeah. not – where did these thi- – also, where did Gur get that from? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. I cannot how imagine come up eating, with a horse, eating a horse would be tasty. I feel like it would be really no, tough. gross. Yeah. Real tough. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's just interesting. I'm always amazed at some – because I know a lot of people know a lot about the influences and what he's been influenced by, and I'm always just like, with the Dothraki, I'm like, where did that influence come from? You know what I mean? So right. maybe somebody can tell me later on. Um, all right, so this week we're going to be in Eddard 13. Uh, the last time 
We were with Eddard. He had known the truth of what John Aaron had died for. He had also learned from Pycelle and Peter Baelish that Lord Tywin Lannister was preparing for war. He then met with Cersei and told her that he's going to tell Robert the truth when she when he gets back. He's going he's going to tattletale, mm-hmm. offering her the chance to flee and save her children. Cersei tells Ned that that is a big mistake. So yeah. this week. Eddard 13, Ned learns that King Robert has been mortally wounded by a boar in his will. Robert declares Ned the regent. Afterward, Renly Baratheon urges Ned to seize the uh, royal children to secure his power, but Ned refuses. Ned writes uh, a letter offering the throne to Stannis Baratheon as the rightful heir. Reconsidering his need for men, Ned declares his interactions uh, is, uh, is intentions to Littlefinger and asks him to arrange the support of the city watch. There's yeah. your summary. Now let's move into the details. So um, this yeah. chapter kind of starts kind of weird. Ned is dreaming of kind of walking through the crypts beneath Winterfell. The kings of you know Winterfell uh, are watching him with um, the kings of Winter are watching him with their eyes of ice and the dire wolves at their feet snarl. Finally, he comes to the tomb where his father sleeps. Uh, you know, with Lyanna and Brandon beside him. Uh, Lyanna's statue whispers, "Promise me, Ned." And her eyes are weeping blood. Ned uh, jerks awake with someone pounding at the door. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, there's just too many. Uh, Ned just has too many promises to keep, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got this stuff with Liana weighing on his mind. There's actually kind of a theme here uh, with with, right. with him, people asking him to keep promises, but then him not being able to, like, like he's supposed to be this, uh, like his honor is questioned or basically it's said that, you know, he is too honorable and that's sort of what weighs him down. But yet he does several things in this chapter that are not necessarily truly honorable. I don't know. You know, it depends on how you look at it. Right. Are you serving the realm? Are you serving yourself? Uh, those are all the kind of questions that, that get raised. So, um, but yeah, he's the, the, the door is, is, you know, being, uh, he's being summoned, uh, to, to King Robert because, uh, Robert had a little too much wine, you know, and uh, decides to take on a boar by himself, which is which is just radical. So we'll get all of those, um, you know, bits here in a bit. But uh, see, so Robert had returned to his hunt. Uh, It was long past time. I shall need a few moments to dress. He heads down. uh, He sheathed the Valyrian dagger. That's brought up several times is is this dagger. Uh, So we see that Ned is keeping that close. We're going to pull that out here at the end and, and talk to Littlefinger with that. Uh, the red keeps still dark. Uh, he starts to talk to about some of the, uh, preparations for his daughters, you know, to be on their way and making sure that they're well protected and we have everything set up to go for them to exit the city. Remember it was only like three days, uh, when, so this is like the next day, right? I mean, like, like Robert comes back pretty soon because the, his kids should be on their way here soon back to Winterfell, Sansa and Arya. Right. But, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see. So he, I uh, see the Royal apartments were, Oh no, let's skip on down here. Uh, bring him here. Robert's voice called strangely thick fires blazed in the twin hearths, uh, at either end of the bedchamber filled the room with a sullen red glare. Uh, the heat was, uh, suffocating. So he's freezing, right? Because mm-hmm. death is on him and, uh, he's, so they've got all these, these fires just a blazing in there. And, uh, Cersei's, laying, you know, she's she's sitting on the edge of the bed. His brother uh, is there walking back and forth, and uh, it's it's pretty, you know. Actually, w- one of the coolest parts of this chapter was when he looks at uh, Barristan Selmy, right? And 
you know, his face, he's as white as his, as his cloak. I mean, right. he is, he yeah. knows that, you know, the king is, is, is dying. So he, kn- he knows it's bad when, 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 he, when he walks in. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and to, you know, Joffrey's credit later, right? Yeah. I mean, you is it is the king's guard job to keep him alive. Yeah. I mean, that it is, it, and, you know, not that I ever want to give Joffrey credit for anything, but, I mean, in his, arg- at least his argument for wanting to kick Barris and sell me out is you, the last two kings you served both died. So, you know, yeah. there is there is, there is at least some legitimacy to his argument. Not his, yeah. you know, there's no legitimacy to his claim at, to be king, but to at least to his argument for right. Barris to sell me. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, good point. Good point, actually. Because you feel kind of bad for, for Barristan later, but like, is it because we know it's unfair, but at the same time, it's he's more of that, like, that, that clear and present danger. That's what he's looking for. And this is super, mm-hmm. you know stealthy attacks against the you know king robert so i don't know it happens right in front of him and he just doesn't see it you know he's just you know it's it's like it's like so what if, if he commands you to stand there you can see he can barely you know ride he can barely sit in his saddle and then he's going to stand down against this boar it's just yeah it is it is unfortunate because he, you know that's what uh eddard asked he asked renly you know where were you where, where was it yeah. yeah where you was know? it yeah absolutely he need demanding answers you know yeah. So, uh, yeah, they informed it was it was this this boar. Remember, they were after the White Heart, and and uh, they couldn't. I don't know. It was either was it killed? I think it was killed right by by wolves or something. And right. they end up, you know, hearing about this great beast, this monster, this devil of a boar that uh, Robert enjoys hunting. And so uh, Lancel is just, you know, making sure he's got plenty to drink and. He's uh, he likes to drink a lot anyways. I almost wonder if there wasn't a little bit something more, though, because that's a guy who can really hold his, you know, his own when, when his, it comes his, to drinking. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, it makes you think. Does. Yeah. It, like, like it makes you think that, you know, there might have been something else in it or it's just one too many. I don't know how you, how you would lose track that quickly. I don't know, because that's all he does is drink, you know, and, and stuff. So it just. There's got to be more to it, but um, yeah. So Robert stinks of death, and you know he even says that. I mean, Robert Baratheon is actually pretty. Pre- pre- this is a pretty cool chapter for him. I know he dies here, but it's like you see different sides of him come out. You know, he's sort of mm-hmm. uh, where he ta- he talks about how he should have been a better dad. He talks yeah. about stuff like that, and a lot of that stuff isn't in um, that stuff isn't in the in the in the show. We, we the, you miss out on a lot of that. The show mm-hmm. it's this it's a pretty condensed scene. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So so um he actually so when it, when you get to that, it seems like he he lets his guard down when he dismisses everybody, right? So he tells everybody to leave. Cersei tries right. to stay, and I would say she tries to stay because she thinks Ned is going to tell him right then and there, you know, right. that something's up. And if he would have, and if they would have summoned, I mean, man, the what if game here, you know, like he just doesn't press it, and I don't know. You almost wonder what if he, what, what if he would have pressed this issue with uh, the king's children, you know, right here. It just completely. Yeah, different. Robert. Yeah, Robert might have gotten crazy upset. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, yeah, it's it, tough. It's it tough because you could just you could you could just imagine someone coming in and being like, you know, what are you saying? Are you, you know, the king is dying. I think it would have backfired. Yeah, it could have. 
Right, and also that could have been mad rave. They could have called it mad raving because you, you you're just trying to uh, take advantage of this situation, all that, all that crazy stuff. So you're right that that could have happened too. So, uh, yeah. So he goes. He just explains to 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 Ned more that you know he killed he killed the bastard. You know he uh, was proud that he actually he gets him with like a dagger through the eye. You know, so right. he like missed his thrust with his with his lance or, or spear, spear there. Spear, right. You know, so. But he kills him, and this is where he, he starts to kind of talk about, um, well, he says, what's his name found him, right? So remember Ned had sent someone to inform him about uh, the um, the mountain, you know, and what's going to happen right. there. And, and he didn't tell uh, the hound. He, he made sure not to tell him because he wants, you know, that'll be a nice surprise for him later uh, is, is what he said. But he talks about Danny and how, you know, Eddard is is right in that and that she's just a girl, you know. Uh, and that he shouldn't mm-hmm. be afraid of her for that, and, and that's, and that Eddard was the only one on the council who who would actually stand up to him and say no, you know he's just surrounded by these, I don't know, um, people who who aren't giving him good counsel, and they are just manipulating and using him, you know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But I mean, he's, that's kind of his his undoing. He's the one who picked him, you know. Yeah, well, it's it's also though just he do, he's just not a good uh, he's he's a great commander. He's just not a good you know, good king. And actually, they talk about that. He kind of says, you know, that he thinks he's worse than the Mad King. And Eddard says, no, not not worse than the Mad King. You know, he, he does do a lot of good. And he did, you know, have, show a lot of mercy and, and kind of pardon, you know, um, a, a, a lot of folks and, and, and things. So, and, and he keeps it, you know, the, the realm is for the most part peaceful, except for the uh, Greyjoy kind of, you know, rebellion. Um, this is when it gets kind of tough, though. He starts to kind of tell Ned to take care of his son. Joffrey, right? Uh, he right. tells him to get to, to get pen and paper, and he's gonna he's gonna decree that Eddard Stark is the uh, Lord Regent and protector of the realm upon upon my death to rule uh, in my in, in my stead until my son Joffrey comes of age. And this is where you get that first little um, hiccup here, where instead of saying Joffrey, you know, uh, he says his heir. Until his heir, mm-hmm. you know. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's huge. And, yeah, it is huge. It's why he writes the letter to Stannis, you know, and and, and kind of does all of that. Yeah. You know, Stannis Baratheon, the rightful heir. That's right. Exactly. So, yeah, to, to this point, even in the series, you know, that's that's the guy, mm-hmm. according to according to Ned. Um, yeah, so I, I already mentioned the bit about where they talk about how, how he's um, – Comparing himself to Ares and, 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 you know, all that good stuff. He says, uh, yes, he asks if he's done scribbling. You know, he says, add the words in there. He's not even, he's just trusting Ned to just write it all down right. Your regent, you know, take care of everything. Uh, he says, yes, your grace. The king uh, sprawled his signature blindly, leaving a smear of blood across the letter. The seal should be witnessed. Um, he says, to serve the boar at my funeral feast. Uh, with an apple in its mouth, skin seared crisp, eat the bastard. Don't care if you choke on him. Um... Let's see. Promise me, Ned. <laughs> so, you know, Ned is asked to keep this promise of, of serving mm-hmm. the boar right. at the yeah. funeral feast, you know, uh, which is crazy. So, uh, okay, we, we talked about the girl. Um, before, earlier, Grandmaster Pycelle was trying to get him to drink some of the, uh, just drink something to, to help, the, you know, the pain and help him just basically seek death Die. a little quicker. Yeah, Maester Pycelle says, like, he can't believe that he is still alive. You know, I mean, he's he can't believe that he survived this long. Actually, it's kind of graphic at one point. Um, so really graphic here. What I'm about to say, but 
uh, he is his brother kind of says Renly is talking about how with his entrails out, he's still standing there holding his entrails, driving this dagger into the boar. He's like, he just will not die. He's just one of those, you know, he's a fighter. Um, so anyways, all right, what else we got here? Uh, let's see. Oh, so he talks uh, about uh, yeah. the twisting of the words, right? So of, of the mm-hmm. uh, uh, of his children. So uh, when, when he wants him to take care of all of his children, he thinks to all of his bastards, you know, and, and he feels like that's something that he he can actually uh, help Robert with, you know, is that is that I, that, that he's going to be able to do that. So, uh, let's see. Good, he said, smiling. I will give Liana your love, Ned. Take care of my children for me. So that, that there it is. He thinks of Maya in the Vale, uh, Gendry at his forge, and the others. Uh, he says, "I shall guard your children as if they were my own." He said slowly. Robert nodded and closed his eyes. Ned watched his old friend sag softly into the pillows uh, as the milk of the poppy washed over him, washed over the pain uh, from his face, and then sleep takes him. So, ah, uh, boy, boy, and they s- sort of basically he's not going to live long at all. Great Mister Pycelle kind of can't believe that he's that he's still there. Uh, let's move on here a little ways because that all he basically takes off out of the chamber. He's talking to Sir Barristan Selmy. And Varys walks up, right? They talk about Kevin Lannister right. and his role with the wine. But, I mean, you know, yeah, at, at this point, what's done is done. And, and uh, you right. know, you well, start to get the suspicion that the Lannisters are super, super involved still and in, in, in what have you. Right. Well, because he starts to talk to people, right? He starts to talk to, uh, you know, this where he talks to, like, Varys and, and Littlefinger and... Um, yeah. Uh, Barrison Selmy about you know like what's go- what you know what have been going on and this is like kind of the second part of this chapter so the first part is kind of you know Robert dying the second part is like what's coming next what's what's gonna what's gonna happen right right yep so so yeah that's where Renly catches up to him right on on the right, bridge yep. afterwards yeah yeah and this is so super important it's it's, it's crazy mm-hmm. to think what's what's happening here at this point in time Renly is not actually even thinking about his own pathway here, he's really trying to help Eddard and he's trying to seize Joffrey. You know, he's got his right. men there right. and he basically, we need to take and seize the King. You know, the person who has the King uh, will have the power. And I, you know, it's like, that's just something that Ned doesn't want to do while his friend is dying. Uh, and I, I kind of get that, but at the same time, it's crazy how Renly and these guys who have been in King's Landing know the Lannisters so much better than the Starks. You know, and they know what they're going to do. And he's warned and he's warned. He's warned by Renly. He's warned by Littlefinger um, to move, to take these certain steps, to take this action. And, yeah, he just doesn't, you know. No. Because he's doing the honorable thing here. Right. So. Who, do you, who, do you think, who do you think Ned should have listened to? Uh, Renly, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, this I, is the, this is this is the one area I like this is the the you know, this is one of the one areas where I agree with I like I like Renly. Um mm-hmm. I mean I like Renly. I somebody yeah. had had mentioned before, yeah, man, I feel like you just bash Renly. Uh I just I just don't think Renly was kind of I to me it's like Stannis is the obvious choice. You know, that's Right. Yeah. Stannis is it's like Renly you just where is your claim coming from, right? Like Yeah. It right. it'd be one thing it'd be one thing if Stannis didn't want it. And Renly was saying, "I want to be king." Well, then it'd be easier, like you know, it'd be easy to make 
friendly, you know, king. If yeah. It's just like, I don't want anything to do with it. Right. You know, like if Benjen Stark wasn't in the Night's Watch and he was like, I want to go be king, I'm, I'm sure Eddard would go follow him because I don't think Eddard wants anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, but so but it's that's not the case. So it's just kind of hard to, to to make that to make that claim. Right. I know. And right now, you know, as it stands here, Renly has not been persuaded, really. I mean, right. there's probably been whisperings in his ear, maybe, you know, as to as to make the moves that he makes later. But right now he's just looking at securing that that Baratheon claim to the throne through Joffrey. And I don't even you know, Renly's not even talking about whether he's a trueborn heir or not. You know, none of that is really um, what's happening here. And what's crazy is, you know, Ned had also just told the queen to leave and to take her children, and she clearly doesn't, you right. know? So he should know that there's, sh- you know, that there's some fight, you know, to come here. She's sitting in the, ba- in, in the bedchamber. The kids are still there. Um, he's writing to Stannis, you know? And so anyways, it's just, yeah, I would have listened to, to Renly in this situation and because when he doesn't, Renly's out. I mean, he's gone. He's nowhere oh, to be found because yeah, he, yeah. Knows, he knows what's going what's gonna to take place. I mean... He maybe can't play the. He's not as as, as tricksy as 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 maybe Varys and Littlefinger, but he knows what those guys are up to. He oh, absolutely, he's up to. So it's just man, it's it's crazy. So well, and, and Renly, I mean Renly does the smart thing. I mean, like you know, he's like, I'm gonna go get an army because that's that's the, that's the best way to deal with this. Yeah, well, and they even. I talk mean, about- it, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're in Renly's shoes, because Stannis hasn't at this point. We don't. We have no idea. Stannis doesn't even, isn't even in this book, right? We we hear yeah. about him, but like, right. so if you're if you're in Renly's shoes, you know, mm-hmm. I would go do the same thing, or I or I'd go rally with my brother. Yeah, you know? right. You'd head like, back because right. you could, because you know right now that the Lannisters are about to. If 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 Ned's not going to listen, then he's doomed. Is basically what he's thinking. Is, mm-hmm. is that like right. so? I've I've got to do what I can to make sure that we have a claim to this, and we're not just sort of swept aside you know so it's crazy because you have joffrey baratheon you, you you would think there'd be right no issue there but you know and then he has kids and they're just you know the, the brothers are kind of pushed f- further out but you know i don't know uh and well they really, both know they they both know well Sanus definitely knows that's what i was getting and to is, is yeah stan Sanus definitely knows because he was there with john aaron so you would also have to think that renly probably knows that's what i was that's that was my question is does does renly know you know because that's why i think um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if he if he. Anyways, yeah. Because well, because if he does know, you know, why? Uh, maybe maybe he would understand why Ned is doing what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? Unless he's yeah. just willing to deceive everybody and say like we're gonna pretend for a while. You know, we're gonna we're gonna grab Joffrey, keep him, hold him hostage essentially, and kind of through him continue uh, being in power, keep the Lannisters in check until. We are ready to gather our forces and then release that he is, you know, not a true yeah. born, you know, uh, of yeah. Robert Baratheon. So, okay, uh, let's move on a little bit, though, right? Uh, so, oh, okay, <clears throat> um, let's get to the part where basically L- Littlefinger kind of rolls in here, right? So he says, right. "I want Littlefinger," and he tells his men to, to to go get him. You know, go in and out of the whorehouses, try to find him. You know, uh, bring him to me. And, uh, you know, he's, he's on his way back. He actually takes the King's letter. It's got there. It's got, it's sealed and everything. Um, and he, he sits that on the table there in, in front of him. And where is, oh, Peter. Yeah, here we go. Lord Peter was clad in blue velvet, uh, tunic with puffed sleeves, his silvery 
uh, cape pattern with the mockingbirds. I suppose congratulations are in order, he said as he seated himself. And, you know, it's just a mocking thing to kind of say you know it's like it's like the king lies wounded and near death you know why are you you know, why are you saying that right but then uh he, he he already knows that he's protector of the realm Varys is kind of hint, hinted at it and you get this uh, this nod again that Varys has birds everywhere you know that he was actually listening to their conversation do you think he was or do you think they just assumed? oh yeah I, oh absolutely it was see or i don't just, know I, mean, I i actually think it's just a, just an assumption and that that eddard is, is actually just an easy tell uh because I'm like, how, you know, they know that he scratched something on a paper and that it was sealed. You know, so what does that say? But, like, does he have little birds in there? Is he himself in there listening behind, you know, the fireplace or something? I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. I'm sure that, they, you, know, you know, you could kind of go either way with it. It's just like, yeah. Uh, anyways, so, yeah, Ferris is, you know, doing his thing, spreading that uh, Eddard is going to be the regent. Let's see. Oh, he says by rights, though, that the that the, the, the crown should uh, pass to Stannis because he reveals to Littlefinger that uh, these are not. He knows why John Aaron was murdered um, and that uh, it was because, you know, Joffrey and Tommen, according to, to, to Eddard, are not um, Robert's true born children. They are Jamie Lannister's bastards. And Littlefinger knows that. Right. He says shocking. You know, like, wow. And that's right. That's that's telling. Right. So he's 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 not shocked by that news. Uh, the thrones should pass to Stannis and you know whatnot. So they have this big conversation back and forth about what they should do, and you basically learned that Littlefinger kind of says, "What does he say? Is that the gold cloaks are his because he controls the money, right? The coin." Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, and so he mean, can, and he can and he can get yeah. It's like who who has the money has the power, right? You know, money, right? Money, money is power, and so that's kind of he's like you know. Right. I I don't I don't know you know I I actually just I just rewatched um as I'm as I'm as I'm doing my own rewatch to get ready for the season, uh you know season eight I I just watched the episode in season two and it, it doesn't happen the same way in in the books obviously, right. um where Littlefinger talks to uh Cat at um Renly's encampment, yeah. And and he's like trying to convince Cat that maybe fate has brought us together, right? Like you know, oh here's here's the bones yeah. of your dead husband, and like, and you know, like I mean, c- clearly this is kind of what Littlefinger's thinking. He's like, I can take yeah. Eddard Stark out of out of the way, right? What you what you and I have talked about. It, it seems to me like if if I'm Littlefinger, I would want the Lannisters out first mm-hmm. more than I would want the Starks out. Well, and that's sort of why. Like, do you believe Littlefinger here when he's trying to persuade him as to why they should not support Stannis and why they should support, you know, Casterly Rock? I, I, I also think it's just that, you know, he's been in cahoots with the, with the Lannisters for a long time and he believes that they're going to keep him in his position. You know, Stannis is yeah. going Stannis, Stannis to throw him out. I mean, he's... What, what's weird here is that, like, uh, Eddard wants to be, like, like he, he wants someone else to step in his hand. He's okay right. with Stannis just coming in here and cleaning house. Littlefinger is not. So selfishly, he is trying to convince Eddard to, you know, back the Lannisters for the time being. Um, I, you know, and if he does that, then there's no issue with treason or this whole bit about... Uh, I, I don't know what the Lannisters would do at that point with the information that he has. You know, would they do another promise me, Ned, <laughs> that you're not going yeah. To, yeah. to tell everybody uh, about this or make any big issues, but... 
Anyways, yeah, because he says, you know, he says, hear me out. Stannis is no friend of yours nor mine. Even his brothers are scarcely, can scarcely stomach uh, him. The man is iron hard, unyielding. He'll give us a new hand, a new council for certainty. No doubt he'll thank you for handing him the crown, but he won't love you for it. And uh, his ascent will mean war. So basically saying Cersei will not give this up uh, easily. And Tywin is probably on his way with an army right now. You know what I mean? They're already ahead of us. So yeah. back, you know. Back the Lannisters. And he does the whole spinning with the Valyrian steel dagger and tries to show that, like, yeah, I have the money, so if you need those... How many gold cloaks are they? Were they 2,000 or something like that? Right, yeah. Um, gold, the, the, the city watch that he's going to kind of bring in to support uh, him here because he sent most of his guard out. He has nobody. You know, Eddard really has nobody. And he, and he just passed on Renly's offer, you know, to, to have his household guard, you know, join his. Uh, when they when they make this transition and he doesn't well he says he's still counting on 30 men in this personal guard um from from renly but he says the city watch has 2,000 strong swords to defend the castle the city and the king's peace and this is where peter kind of mocks him basically saying you want to ask me to do this but you won't say the words you know it's kind of like you want me to pay them and bribe them to be on our side but your honor won't let you do that when it's like was he honor bound to change a few things that Robert said or, you know, to not tell him the whole truth there when on, on, his, on his deathbed, you know, is is at our picking and choosing when he's telling the mm-hmm. truth and being mm-hmm. honorable. Right. Well, that's that's kind of as we know, like how it's how kind of the whole series works. Right. You have characters who are they have virtues or a path or whatever. And then as soon as they stray from that path. That's what ends up being their major downfall. We mm-hmm. see that with kind of Rob. You know, Rob does really well. He seems like he's and Rob is always like, no, we have to be smart about our decisions. We have to be smart about our decisions. We can't do, you know, this, this and this. And then he blows off the fray girl and, you know, marries something, you know, marries someone yeah. else. And then he's dead. Same thing with Eddard. Right. Eddard is you no know, a very righteous, virtuous character. And as you said here, he kind of does a little bit of deceivery. Yeah. And kind of. You know, yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's just, just, uh, I don't know. He's complicated, man. You know, there's the promises he has to keep, just the, you know, try. And I think it's also, you know, the the Whitger's writing style, and that's basically the end of the chapter, by the way, guys. You know, he, um, the hands of the dagger back and sort of indicating that he's going to pledge the gold cloaks, uh, to to Ned. So, um, but he, you know, wants him to sort of, st- you know, say what you actually want, but he's like, I won't make you say it, although I should. And yeah, chapter ends, but yeah, the, the the way Gur writes, it's like this: these characters are are ambiguous, you know, and they're not they're not wholly in the light or wholly in the dark. They're somewhere in the middle, you know. There's there's a spectrum. There's this range. Right. They're gray. They're gray characters. Yeah, which is life, you know. So uh, okay, though that's you know that's that's it. It's it's a pretty neat chapter. You learn a lot about uh, Littlefinger, and you learn a lot about um, Robert Baratheon. His end there. It's just it's nice to sort of have him have that little resolution piece there where he's, he's actually saying good things. He's coming from a good place and all around seems like he would have been a great, I mean, Eddard says he's, he's more than a, more than a brother, you know? And so he really meant a lot to him. And he actually has this moment of grief that I kind of passed over where he's just back in his chamber grieving for his friend, you know, cause his time is, is up. So, ah, all right. <clears throat> On to, uh, any other cool connections there, sir, Matt? Nope. That's it. Okay, cool beans. Uh, on to Cinder Raven here. I thought this was a, 
I pulled this from um, we had the Ravens Nest a couple weeks ago, and we've gotten some follow up stuff to that. So if you if you want to talk about some of those topics, we're more than willing to to talk about those here in Send a Raven. Uh, we won't go into too much detail or depth here on this because this this can we can get carried away with this for a while. Uh, it says, uh, "Good day, sirs, sir, uh, sir Yusuf, uh, the Grackle Knight here. Uh, I listened to the Ravens Nest and enjoyed it thoroughly. On the topic of Young Griff, though, I feel like I have a good opinion that I don't believe has been mentioned on the show. Uh, I'm sure it has been thought of, though. Uh, Illyrio, uh, uh, just Illyrio, uh, in Tyrion, uh, two book five. Let's see, he's got a quote here: "A maiden?" Question mark. I know the way of that. He pulled a locket out of his sleeve where inside was a painted likeness of a woman with big blue eyes and pale gold hair streaked by silver. We know the tar- So the, actually, that, that's the end of the quote there. Uh, that's a reference to Illyrio's younger wife, right? That he has right. or something, you know, um, yeah, that he was super in love with. Uh, we know that the Targaryens have, um, have to have both the, the tar- have to have both, I guess he means like, you know, both... Uh, two Targaryens to have that Targaryen look in order to breed. You know, when, when they do breed, they have that those purple eyes, you know, and that uh, silver hair. Um, but this girl is not a Targaryen, based off of the description there. Uh, doesn't Griff have big blue eyes when we first are introduced to him? To me, it seems clear that Aegon is the son of um, Illyrio and his young second wife. And that's interesting because, you know, he does come from... Uh, Illyrio's, that's someone who's kind of, you know, um, trying to bring him forward as a true Targaryen. His hair, his hair is dyed, you know, his eyes look a little different based upon that, uh, hair color. Uh, but, uh, I just thought it was an interesting, it is something, it is not something I've heard people talk about in that maybe this is, um, Illyrio, because Illyrio has that blonde hair as well, too. He's got blonde. Right. Um, right. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hair and so this 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 girl, you know, and he maybe they make something that looks close to a, a Targaryen child. I don't know, um, and we don't really get the the full look of of Aegon quite yet. You know, uh, just just the way he's he's kind of uh, incognito right now. So well, we do actually towards the yeah we do actually uh, once he makes his way across you know to the um, to Westeros. So. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. What, what do you think about this, sir, Matt? Yeah, I don't know. Um, doesn't Griff have big blue eyes when he's first introduced? Yeah. Well, it's because his hair is dyed, right? Yeah. And so that's what that's what makes his eyes right, different. He's got, like, te- got that purple Cause, tint. Right, because he's he's meant to look Tyroshi, and that's what Tyrion. That's how Tyrion mm-hmm. figures it out. Mm-hmm. Is Tyr is Tyrion says, "Yo, you're you're." Because when Tyrion figures it out, he's like, oh, your eyes would, you know, your eyes appear blue because your hair is blue. It changes yeah. the color of your eyes. It's kind of like how I think when when Dunk first meets Egg, he talks about his eyes and how he has big blue eyes, too. And it's because he's bald. So his, you know, like they, like the silver doesn't, the fact that he doesn't have big silver hair doesn't make his eyes seem purple. Yeah. yeah okay, can I ask you a question? So, like, this does kind of... With young Griff, I mean, is young Griff an actual Targaryen, a Blackfire, or maybe even like a Valerian? Well, right? of first, of House first, Valerian. first of all, all Blackfires yeah. are Targaryens. Okay, okay. Let's, okay. let's get right. let's get that out of the way. Get that, get that first. Straight. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, 
Damon, uh, Damon Targaryen, then he yep. becomes Damon Blackfire. Was the was a bastard child? You know, it was legitimized. He was. He not only was he legitimized, both of his parents were Targaryens. Come on. So there. Yep. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, well, so no, so but, they both should look. I mean, any Blackfire, you know, would look Targaryen. Exact, yeah, because they are. Like, like, cause, yeah, right. Because they are exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, except for through the female side, like it depends on who they're who they're right. marrying. I mean, right. All of yeah, that, that kind of that. even the Targaryen. Okay, for example, I mean, Baylor Breakspear doesn't look Targaryen at all. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, it. it Damon himself, Blackfire does, but do his sons, do his you know uh, descendants look like we've got Maylie's the monster? But I don't, I don't know that Val- that that Valer- House Valerians share like have that similar thing. Yeah, like, they're with, like platinum hair, blue eyes. They just, we just know that they also have um, Valerian blood, and so they mm-hmm. also have been known mm-hmm. to have uh, be able to ride dragons, right? Yeah. So well, yeah, and yes. they marry often. They they often marry into the 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 Targaryen line too. That was sort of right, like, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so just because of the eyes, it's 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 hard to say, um, you know. But then again, if Jon Snow is a Targaryen, then maybe you know the Stark line clearly must beat out the the Targaryen line in that one because he looks just like a Stark. So yeah, just like uh, the Baratheon line too. Remember, uh, Ors Baratheon, right? right is is mm-hmm. the Ha- supposedly bastard brother to Aegon the Conqueror. Um, yeah, so... Which is crazy, right? Yeah, so... anyways, so. I guess my question is, just with young Griff, is like, could you have someone like Illyrio and a younger wife or whatever make a child that looks close to a Targaryen? You know what I mean? Who who would be... Right, the, could you? Yeah, that's, that's probably tough. possible. Depend. I, I mean, that's I feel, probably possible. I, I, it could be possible, but I feel like it's also tough, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's not... Right. Like to preserve the Targaryen, like for that's why the Targaryens, you know, have the ancestral marriages because they want to keep those bloodlines. Their, their bloodline, yeah, it's pretty weak. You know, yeah, right. pure and stuff. So, um, I don't know. It's just kind of fascinating when you, when you think about young Griffin and, and where is he actually? You know, Rhaegar's son. Um, yeah, or you know, I mean, also that Varys also, and Illyrio well, propped up. Right, or somebody that, you know, I mean, hey, it, it's possible, you know, Aegon the Fourth slept with just about every woman in the realm, so, you know, there's a lot of Targaryen right. blood out there. So, you know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. So, I don't know. It, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I'd have to do a little bit more digging just on that, uh, you know, the, the characteristics of that uh, first wife, in, or that uh, younger wife of, of Illyrio's and uh, Illyrio himself. I do know that, you know, Illyrius, like Illyrio and, and Varys, you know, have a. They obviously have something to do with you. A lot of people you think know, Varys is a Blackfire. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I don't know, man. Kind kind of cool to think about. I actually have a couple in my Green Dreams. This is going to lead me into uh, Man the Wall here. Um, some of my topics that I have coming up are are things like you know who will Young Griff marry? Um, <clears throat> just taking a look more at at, at him. Who's going to be in his Kingsguard? Um, the high towers and young Griff. I've got a couple different topics here laid out for green dream, green dreams for uh, Sir Matt and I to discuss down the line. So those are some of my musings that we have going on with our patrons. So if you're interested in participating in that conversation, uh, definitely check us out there on 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 Patreon and and uh, yeah, we'll include you in that discussion. So uh, absolutely, yeah. Also, don't forget to send your ravens to btkcast at gmail dot com. Uh, always want to mention that because. We are working on another Raven's Nest, and that is coming up, you know. Abs- uh, oh, absolutely. Here soon, so. 
All right, Sir Ezra. Now let's move on over to uh, Man the Wall. Yeah. So something Man new, the Wall. Something, um, something new. We, something new. We want to. We want to add in here for our our high level our high level patrons. Want to give them all uh, shout outs at the end of the show because yeah. uh, they help us a lot. Help us with running the show here. So we have um, Quentin. Ghost of Heron Hall, uh, Peter Winningham, Lord Adam Parker, Amanda Richardson, Lord James Hunter, and Lord Jason Ross. Thank you yeah. guys all so much for your donations every every month. It's super, super helpful. So Those are our bannermen. Those are our bannermen yep. right there. So uh, super awesome stuff. And those are the folks, too, that you'll hear on Raven's Nest. Um, we've got a few other folks who were in at Sworn Sword, and, you know, just based upon numbers, we're, we were yeah, able we, to get a yeah. couple of those folks in there too, which was kind of cool. So um, if you're interested in that, definitely sign up. And then, as I said, uh, we'll, when we do voting and we, we run certain topics by our patrons, that's, you know, our bannermen are who we run them by. So, Absolutely. all right, my friend, I, it's been uh, kind of a, you know, it's, but yeah, Hey, it's, it's kind of a, Hey, long, kind of a longer episode today, which is great. Love when we can get, we can get some of these, yeah, some of these longer too. ones in here. So, all right, well, it is time to say farewell. We want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 48, John 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.